Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Huradene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. <laughs> uh, so today we have Charlie. Charlie, thank you for coming in. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a, this is an interesting, hopefully the sound will be fine, but that's the stuff we can't worry about right now anyway. It's what it is. That's right. So you tell us your story however you want to tell that story. So I was thinking about how often I tell my story, and I'm usually limited to 15, 20 minutes, you know, at a, a kind of a, ma- a minimum. And I think with the amount of time, it has to go back to when I was a child. Uh, I had a single mom. I was an only child. And, you know, she was at work. I think they call them latchkey kids kind of thing. Um, And that's all I knew. So I don't know if it was better or worse than anybody else or anything like that. I know I wasn't like a lot of my friends who had uh, two parents and so forth, but at a very early age, I had to rely on myself. And there were a few incidents in my life that um, taught me that I couldn't necessarily trust what I was feeling because they were ignored if I did talk about them. Right? Um, or, oh no, you're just imagining things. You know, just, just little things that I never really trusted uh, what I was feeling as far as um, that hurt or that concern, you know. And I, I think at a very early age, I would consider that trauma now to, to small degrees, you know, like maybe 2% or something like that. But then as I grew up, um, my mother got a boyfriend that was uh, a, an alcoholic and abusive, and I remember my first walking in to him slamming her head against the countertop in the kitchen, and I was 12, I think, and at that point, um, like that was a hard no for me, but that that codependent, that cycle, that alcoholism and so forth that I now know, um, they carried on, which didn't make any sense to me, you know, and and again, not trusting what I'm feeling um, really caused me to have a lot of self-doubt and wonder and affected my self-esteem to some degree. 
And it was shortly after that that I started experimenting with alcohol. It was a hard no on drugs at first, um, but the alcohol, right from day one, I remember my girlfriend and I, her older sister had had a party, and uh, all the remnants from the drinks and so forth, we poured in this great big fish bowl, and her and I drank it like after school one day at four o'clock in the afternoon. Instantly, I did not feel uh, less than, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And um, right from that first drink, I felt a sense of comfort, a sense of relief, a sense of not being me in that turmoil. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that's a pretty common story for a lot of us. Um, and you know, like I, I was looking at it later and I was, 95% of us have had some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make it better or worse or, or he said, she said, and it's not a comparable, but it is something that need to be, needs to be explored for mm -hmm. sure, I for think. Sure. Um, yeah, like why is the percentage so high? Why, yeah. And, and, you know, if the counselors could catch it at a young age, maybe we wouldn't have this addiction and, and, mm -hmm. and alcoholism, all the isms, you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe we could treat it at that stage, mm -hmm. you know. So, long story short, um, it led me down a very dark path, not only because I didn't want to be at home um, with that chaos, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week, without fail, there was something going on um, that challenged me to uh, become an, an adult in a child's body, for lack of a better word. Um, it made me address situations that I wouldn't wish on anybody. You know, like, uh, oh, there was one time that I was protecting my mom and my dog and I actually picked him up and threw him against the window just because that's where he happened to be and it cracked and he fell through. Well that for me was the first empowerment, the first sense of I don't have to take this. And I think that particular incident has made me into who I am today. I do not tolerate bullies at all and I'm, I'm five foot three, um, you know blonde, short, you know, not much of anything, but the biggest guys, I don't, whether on the, uh, the motorcycle or um, anything else, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I will stand up to them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that led me down a, a path of, okay, well, I can't do anything about this. I don't want to be at home. And then, and then I, I thought, almost homeless, so I would go and I would party and I could drink harder than all the boys, I could outlast them more of and, and so forth and not feel while I was doing it, which is what I was really looking for, right? I wanted to escape who, who and what my life was. And um, the, further, the further I got away from my childhood, the the harder I went, mm -hmm. and I went for a very long time, uh, not knowing that this was different from normal life because everybody I knew was doing it as well, right? I fell into those crowds, you know, 
and created this persona of who I should be to fit in with them. Uh, I call it my armor now, Yeah. right? Um, and, you know, basically fought against all of the injustices of the world that I could see and, and so forth. And even to the point where I, I this was three years later, um, I brought a gang of bikers to my house to remove him finally. Like, you don't come back. And uh, that was very empowering for me, uh, but it didn't solve that trauma, yeah. right? So it continued, it progressed. Um, I know I went through, I, I didn't finish high school. My grandfather died just before, uh, before my, my 12th year or in my 12th year, I can't remember. Um, and they said that I missed too much school and I just looked at my principal and went, up yours. And that was the end of that. And I left, but I'd already been training in the trades at that point. I have uh, six or seven tickets right now. Oh, what are your, what's your trade? Uh, well, my sweater, technically I am a, a plumber gas fitter, RC, oh, okay. Red, Red Seal. And, um, but I do have other ones, some are related, some are not related at all. Because when I was a young girl, there wasn't uh, the opportunities that there is now yeah. for women in the trades. So it was strictly a man's world. And so you got to be a nurse, you got to be a teacher, you got to be uh, a hairdresser, that type of thing. And that I went into the hairdressing and nail technician and so forth. And I was pretty happy, or I thought I was pretty happy with that. But you never really make the money, mm -hmm. right? And I guess that search for who I wanted to be did not ever come to fruition until I came into recovery. Um, by that point, I had, uh, at some points, completely humiliated myself, shame, guilt, remorse, with some of the things that I had done in my life. Um, I do share those when the need arises, when it can help benefit somebody else, yeah. uh, but not everything, right? Mm -hmm. Those are my, my growing lessons, and I don't have to share them if I don't want to, of course not, right? Yeah. You know, it's between my, me and my higher power at this point, and I've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. So, I know I wouldn't be doing those when I wasn't using, yeah. right? And yeah. that's, that's where I get to forgive myself and sleep at night, mm -hmm. you know? Um, okay, so back to the beginning of the end. Sure. Back to the beginning of the end. You just okay. go wherever you want to go. Okay, so I actually have three chapters okay. in my life um, where I was young, single, not giving a shit, and had gotten to the point where I didn't care if I lived or died. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, at one point, living with my roommate, she was... She liked pills and, and had them and so forth. She was gone for the weekend and I literally emptied out the cupboard into a soup bowl, flat of beer, and crawled into bed and started writing notes to people, goodbyes. And I took them and I drank and I took them and I drank and I took them and I drank till there was no more. And uh, the three days later when she came home, she couldn't wake me up. Um, and then the next morning, I woke up on my own. 
and I cried because I couldn't even do that right. And I felt really at the end of my rope at that point and didn't care if I lived or died and so forth and, you know, just really worthless. And I'm glad that she told me that she couldn't wake me up and she was worried, but I still didn't really feel uh, a fulfillness, fulfilled inside, right? I didn't have a higher power at that point. Um, I dabbled in a lot of different religions all through my childhood and so forth. You know, I'd go to Sunday school or I'd go to church or whatever, and didn't really feel that connection ever. You know, I still felt apart from. And so from that point, I was hell-bent for leather. Um, I moved to Vancouver, started getting into all sorts of trouble, found drug dealers, street people, um, just about anything. And it was all new and it was exciting and everything. And shortly after I moved there, um, I went, the, this guy asked me if I wanted to go uh, smoke a joint. And I went outside, total stranger, and because of my trusting nature, I went out and did that. And he actually held me, he got me down, and not down, we were in the car, got me around the throat with a knife and held me captive for about 14 hours. Jeez. And, um, no, it wasn't pretty. Um, you can imagine what, what went on and so forth. And at some point, there was a cognitive thought when he put the knife on top of the car, and I, like I heard it, I couldn't see it. Um, it was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die here. And I think that point was when I realized I didn't want to die. Yeah. Right? And it was like, okay, buddy, it's you or me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I really didn't. But uh, I managed to get the knife. At that point, I also had the keys from the car in between my fingers. Um, and I ran. And... Just the situation that we were in, I had way more freedom to run than he did at that point. And when I went down in a, in a little bit of a dip, I thought, okay, here we are. And I turned around and I booted him as hard as I could, as hard as I could. And he flew. Um, and I ran back to the car, jumped in, locked the doors, put the key in, and drove. And, uh, oh, even, even reliving it now, is it still puts... Well, that sinking feeling in my stomach. I got goosebumps all up and down my spine. Jump ahead, um, 10, 11 years. Jump ahead 11 years, uh, the Robert Picton pig farm, mm -hmm. the bus, the, the disappearance of girls, they yep. finally arrested him. Apparently this was one of his buddies, mm. right? And so I, 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 I got involved in a little bit of the search, but it had been so long and I blocked so much yeah. and, you know, like you can only remember so much. Um, I did report it at the time, so they did have record of that and they got a hold of me. Now by this time we're into the third phase of my life where um, I had finally decided enough was enough with the drugs. Um, they weren't working anymore, you know, and I didn't know what the solution was at that point. Um, I went to my first NA meeting 
in, in Vancouver on the North Shore, and it was a candlelight meeting. And I remember feeling really welcome, mm -hmm. right? You just, you just know, like the warm, fuzzy blanket kind of mm -hmm. thing. Candlelight and, meetings are very nice. Right? Very yeah, I love them. I love yeah. them. We don't have enough here. That's for sure. Maybe I'll change that. Um, Why not? <laughs> um, so that was my first introduction to that. And, you know, like I still had the people in my life and so forth. I didn't really, I didn't jump in. I just dipped the toe in kind of thing. And within a month, there were some things going on with me um, that I suspected I was pregnant mm. and like who doesn't love the smell of bacon right I would literally get sick if I smelt it and I did something was uh, up right? and you're not a vegan no okay no, like far from it. Sick if you're a vegan. far from it <laughs> <laughs> no I'm a redneck um, <laughs> So, so redneck equals meat, I got you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I like okay. the meat. Um, yeah, so at, at that point I knew something was going on, didn't know what, um, but I, I remember going to the doctor like six times going, something's up, something's up, test me, test me, test me. And it was the sixth time that they went, yeah, you are, I am pregnant. And then, then I had to deal with that, whatever that looked like. And because I hadn't used and everything like that, my first call was to my mom, you know, yeah. irrelevant of what I had been doing. Um, I still needed my family at mm -hmm. that point to make my decisions. And I moved back here to Calgary, uh, had my first daughter and she, she changed things for me, my perspective on life and everything. And I'm, I'm sure that's a common bond with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you stop, thinking so selfishly, you start looking at what that child might want and so forth. Uh, so at that point I was still, uh, I was drinking light beer. That was kind of before we knew about FAS and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't partying and I wasn't going hard or anything like that. You there know? was a period of time where people like thought it was okay to keep drinking and sure. smoking, right? Sure. Like, and, and I do carry guilt from that. For sure, I bet. From, from my lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and I always wonder if I could have done things differently. Mm -hmm. But as we know, we can't live in that guilt, mm -hmm. right? We have yeah. to go forward being a, the best people that we can be. And that's what I tried to do, yeah. right? Well, because you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I mean, that, that's when it was just starting to be a uh, mm -hmm. recognized thing and so forth. So I just did the best I could and I kind of shoved that into the little box and the box of memories kind of thing. Um, now, she was about a year, about a year old when I went to this wonderful program at McBride here in Calgary. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, life skills. And I started to realize how many life skills I was lacking, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, you know, very simple stuff. And, and we could take our, our knowledge from our family of origin once we acknowledge it mm -hmm. and realize that they're not necessarily the healthiest things, right? Um, and I mean, this wasn't really a cognizant thought until much later, but um, I knew I didn't want to be a single mom. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to live at or work at a, uh, 
a job that took me away from my child all the time and so forth. So this wonderful thing talked about job search and, and so forth. And uh, I started doing some investigating and um, the, the father of my second daughter, uh, she was two and a half, I believe, when, when the first, uh, my oldest was two and a half when I had the second one. Uh, but he was always there. He's a wonderful man. Uh, we're still best friends today. And he was always very supportive, which I'd never really had from a man. Yeah. So that was good. Um, the, he allowed me to do what, I, what my addiction wanted me to do, unfortunately. And, um, you know, didn't really say, hey, nope you know, yeah. or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, okay. And eventually my addiction went down a path when my daughter, my second daughter was about two months old. I was in a car accident mm -hmm. and I was unable to hold her. I was unable to, to continue feeding. Um, even a, a frying pan, I couldn't lift it up, you know. And so now I'm a failure, right? Um, because what mother can't do this stuff? And, and the messages that we get from media and so forth really affected me a lot more than I acknowledged at the time. And I, I just really, f that was the beginning of the spiral, yeah. for sure. And I mean, there was a, there's a lot of horror stories in there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of shameful things um, that I was doing and so forth. But it took about a year of me trying really hard to hold on to normalcy yeah. in my my picket fence and the two kids and the dog and everything like that but it got to a point where i couldn't hold on and the chaos set in and even with the people around me like one of my friends ran into a train that was parked and one of my friends got hit by a front end loader at eight o'clock in the morning and I went, oh God, I don't want to be around you people, you know, like you're all fucked. Anyways, so long story short, um, I, I came back to Calgary without my family and stayed on my girlfriend's couch and tried to do a cold turkey, tried to quit drinking cold turkey. By that point, I was drinking uh, 24 to 36 beers a day and I'm not very big, so. Not at all. Yeah. That um, that sounds like a lot for me, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. Because I'd already gone through the half measures of ale does nothing, yeah. right? I, I couldn't drink hard alcohol because I knew what that got me and wasn't pretty, you know? And, and um, like, even wine yeah. wasn't pretty because I didn't drink a bottle, I drank a case, yeah. you know? Um, and that's the way I drank for my whole mm -hmm. career of, of drinking. And... So that, that said, um, I had a really difficult time trying to detox by myself, yeah. you know, and my friend's still drinking and she's like, well, well, just quit. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that term. Just quit. Bless your heart. Yeah. Um, if, if a person knew the obsession that comes with it, yeah. they would never say just quit. Yeah. And, as and, you're talking about it, it's been a long time for me too, but yeah. you're talking about the, the continuing it's like, oh yeah, I am like, my body's starting to react because I'm like, I'm, I'm just remembering yeah. that there's not enough that we could take. And, and do you remember the point you got to where you couldn't even eat? Yeah. Right? 
Um, you couldn't eat. Your body's waking up, telling you that you need to drink, and like just the, the, even when you did eat, you got sick with the bile, mm -hmm. right? And it, it's just burning your throat and everything, and just all those things. Yeah. And I've seen much worse, but mm -hmm. I remember that awful feeling of not wanting to live, but not wanting to die, mm -hmm. right? And not being able to stop. And not being able to stop, yeah. right? And it was just so, so strong and so driving and, and you know, like, we're strong people. For sure. Why can't we control this, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to be a failure about this too. And, you know, like, it, it's, it was horrible. And I remember picking up the phone to Calvary Detox. And let me tell you, that is the most underfunded, needed, facility in this city, Renfrew? especially right now, Renfrew, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the people that work there, like, I have utmost respect, because I know I couldn't do it. Angels and saints. Thank you. Yeah. Thank You're you. Welcome. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I remember that. They, yeah, I'll tell them. But um, <laughs> I phoned them, and I said, I told them my story, and I said, I don't know what to do, and they said, we do. Come here. I was like, oh, thank God. And I think that was the very first time that I actually went, there's another being, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it wasn't solid or anything like that. It was still kind of wavering and so forth. And I, I went and they let me in the first time. And I, I sat with all these people who were so much worse than I was, you know, on the detox. Because by that point, I already had pretty much de detoxed. Yeah. But I remember sitting on a panel meeting for AA not on a meeting, in the room while there was a panel going on. And there was a lady there that had six months and she had shared her story about pretty much exactly like mine, but her husband put her on a bus and said, don't come back. Mm -hmm. And that hit home for me. And I thought, I will never have my kids, you know? And that's when I, that's when things shifted, completely shifted. Um, and I went, okay, that's not going to be me. That's yeah. not going to be me. I am going to listen. I am going to do anything that these people tell me. And that's exactly what happened. And I went, you know, as soon as I got out, I went to a meeting. And I started talking to people. And, um, you know, scared shitless. No idea what this looks like in my, my future. Mm -hmm. But trying really hard not to think about that other anything other than that moment. Yeah. And uh, I sort of remember some of the ladies in there. And, you know, fortunately for me, I dug in hard because my, hus my husband at the time had my children. I was taking very good care of them. Um, I was here in Calgary and I had the opportunity to do three meetings a day. Um, I had the opportunity to go through ADAC. I had, you know, and learn about as much as I could about this disease. And from there, I also went down to Claire's home Landerland, right? Uh, that was serious enough for me. Yeah. You know, education. like some people it isn't. Yeah. But for me, that was enough. Yeah. It was enough to teach me uh, about routine again, mm -hmm. you know, how to eat, what that eating actually is supposed to look like, because <laughs> like that was something that didn't even have in my repertoire. Um, when to sleep, when to. Uh, balance with with uh, exercise and meetings and mm -hmm. things like that and so I was there for 28 days and when I got out I was 
I thought I was golden. I was living on the, the pink cloud. And I was there, or sorry, once I got out of there, um, I was devout. There's no other word for it. I was reborn again, you know. And uh, I went to my meetings regularly and, and found a home group, found a sponsor, found a really nice sponsor, you know. Um, which I now found out is probably the wrong step for me, but... <laughs> um, well, you needed someone a little bit harder is what you're saying. Absolutely. I, I needed the steel toe, kick-ass, 4 by 4 mm -hmm. the whole thing. Um, and so I didn't do the work. I filled a seat, but I didn't do the work. And about six months later, there was a birthday party of a friend come up, and I was like, okay... I got my sponsor on the line, I've got a ride home, I've got somebody that can come pick me up, blah, blah, blah. That only works if you call. Mm -hmm. And it took a half a glass, one of those little plastic demo glasses, half a glass of wine, instant blackout. Mm -hmm. Next morning I wake up, the limo's parked across the driveway, they, the, the people living next door to me hated me. Um, I had phoned people. I was a hysterical mess, phoning, uh, you know, my boyfriend at the time and, and things like that. And I was a mess. There was no question about it. And when somebody said they were on their way, I cried. I got my car and I went to the bar. And I cried at the bar as they're cleaning off the stains from the night before type of thing. And I'm like, just give me one, you know. And fortunately for me, people knew where I was, and they came and got me. And they allowed me to sleep it off, and I was at a meeting that night. I haven't had a drink since. 17 years. Right on. Yeah. And Congrats. I, won't, I, I appreciate your congratulations, mm -hmm. but I do not do this alone. For sure. Right? Yeah. Because one of the things that was introduced to me shortly after that was your dad's recovery church. Okay. And that's where I heard... And I can't remember his name. I want to say Paul, but possibly not. Paul Silverhaired Man? Bill? Paul? <coughs> Peter? Peter. Yeah. No, Peter's a mustache. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Peter had a mustache. Um, before that. Before? Way before that. Way before. 17 years. Oh, geez, it would have been, uh, would have been out. Yes. I think it was that, right? And he started talking about Abba. So... Just to backtrack and, and qualify this, um, I did not have a father in my life. Uh, the men that were in my life were abusive or alcoholics or both. Uh, I think we're thinking of um, not not Al. We're thinking of John. Yes. Yeah, John. Because yes. he helped my dad out, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. John. Okay, John. Bless your heart, John, yep. if you're still out there. <laughs> um, I heard him talking about Abba in a meditation one day. Mm. And... It was really hard for me to accept the fact that God or Jesus was a man. Mm -hmm. There was no way that I was putting any man in front of me as a higher power. Mm -hmm. uh, I would only accept, um, I got to the point that my angels were watching over me. And that was okay at the time, right? It's a progression. Um, but I knew I didn't die from all those stupid things that I did. So somebody must be watching out for me, right? Because uh, I did some stupid stuff. Um, and then, when I heard him talking about that, I actually pictured this gentle, warm, loving man, 
older man, old men, you know, sitting in this big comfy chair on, on the porch. And I got to go through the garden and, no, I opened the gate and then I went through the garden and I went up on the steps and I sat with him and he held me. And he loved me no matter what. And for me, that was the very first moment where it clicked, mm -hmm. where I felt that unconditional love from a higher power. Mm -hmm. And I got to put the picture on it. Yeah. And I still remember that, you know. And it was probably two years later that I got uh, baptized, mm -hmm. um, still with that picture in my mind, you know. Yeah. And it has evolved into different things over the years <laughs> and so forth, but that does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The fact is, there is some being out there that loves me more than I love myself, mm -hmm. right? And thank God that there is, because, oh man, I was a hot mess. <laughs> and, and I see so many other people searching for that same thing, that yeah. emptiness, the hole in the soul is what I call it. Mm -hmm. um, that emptiness started to fill up. That moment, you know, yeah. just when it clicked. And... You know, like I'm so grateful now that I know his name, Don. Um, I'm so grateful that he brought that into my world. It was just amazing. Um, and it that's was. That's right. He used to do the step eleven meditations, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. Right. That's right. You were there. You yeah. know. I remember. Yeah. And and um, you know, like the whole thing, the cracked pots, Marie, mm -hmm. and singing, and and um, you know the. The piano. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, holy cow, we're singing Benny and the Jets in the church. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. And, and just giving her. And it yeah. was just like, oh man, this is this is amazing. There was no other word for it. Yeah. And I and I really miss that ceremony. I mm -hmm. really do. I really do. Because that's anyway. Um, so going back to that, about Seven years into my recovery, six years into my recovery, um, my father came back into my life. And that really shook things for me, you know. Um, I should also clarify, at this point too, I was still using a soft drug, um, now legal, not to justify it, but um, that, that, thing that shook me was the identity of what my higher power looks like. Mm -hmm. Because you talk about our father, our loving power and so forth. If, if this was my father, and this is actually my father, and they don't align, mm -hmm. now what does that look like, yeah. right? Um, so that was kind of a, a shaker at that point. Um, by that point, I had the girls back. I was living here in Calgary. Uh, I had kind of a chaotic world with my relationship and everything because I've never had a healthy relationship, so why should I start now, right? You know? And unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, addiction is a very cunning and baffling uh, power in my life, not only with me but with my relationships too right yeah. something that i haven't quite worked on by that point and that's when i started to go deeper mm -hmm. i got another sponsor that kicked my ass um and was very brutally honest yeah. and for me that's exactly what i needed you know i don't recommend it for everybody because 
everybody's different, but mm -hmm. if 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 you're somebody that manipulated people, uh, conned, cheated, lied, stole, you might need somebody that's stronger than you mm -hmm. to unmanipulate you. Yep. Right? Yep. Right? So, um, you know, the first sponsor, bless her heart, she was really sweet. I didn't get a whole lot done as far as step work and so forth. I put it off, put it off, put it off um, with all my excuses. But the second one, there, no bones, no bones about it. And I actually started to, to go through the steps and we did a two-on-one with, with my five. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, there was stuff in there I hadn't even written down, mm -hmm. you know buried so deep yeah. and not because it hurt or the trauma or anything but because I had given up on it mm -hmm. and, and that's that's a whole other thing that I'm dealing with now um, but I had I, I had buried it really deep and she was able to bring it to the surface therefore allowing my growth to happen mm -hmm. and uh, also creating a safe place for that uh, spirituality to come forward and work for me or through me or yeah. what, I'm not quite sure but um, <laughs> at that point I had uh, already I had started coming to NA uh, and I did two years of NA and I would be coming up on my 10th year in AA and um, you know I still struggled you know it's 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 a plant it's it's this it's that you know mm -hmm. Um, in and out and in and out for about two years of that and then when I got a hundred percent serious um, and and did these steps with her I think we had gotten to step seven um, about my tenth year in AA and she said well you know like it's up to you it's between you and your higher power whether you're gonna get honest or not you know, you've got one foot in one door and one foot in the other door. Doesn't really make you a solid person. You're sitting on the fence and eventually the fence is going to fall down. Mm -hmm. And and that really sunk in and I started thinking about it. And that was like on a Monday or something. Yeah. And my birthday was on a Thursday night. My whole family, including my father and a couple of sisters and my mom and my kids and everything. And I stood up in front of the room, uh, accepted my chip. And then I gave it back to the room that gave me the recovery and the life that I had today, uh, where I got 100% honest and changed my clean date. Yeah. Very humbling. No doubt. Very humbling. No doubt. <laughs> and uh, have never looked back. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't lose that time. Oh, of course not. I didn't lose that time. It was all part of my journey. I don't recommend it for anybody because it's painful. Um, but it's it was true for me. You know, and that's, that is the story that I give back to my sponsees now. Yeah. If, you, if you want to do it half-assed, you go mm -hmm. right ahead. Yeah. But I'll guarantee you pain comes with it. Mm -hmm. Right? And, uh, you know, I, I am what I wished for. Mm -hmm. I am one of those hard asses. Um, and I warn them at the beginning. Yeah. If it's too much, I won't take offense. Mm -hmm. You know, find somebody that will work for you. Yeah. I don't care how you get it, just get it. Right, and so um, today, uh, or early in, early in my recovery in 2003, I went through a program that directed me into 
the, the field that I'm currently like, uh, ticketed in, which is plumbing. Okay. Right? I wanted to make as much money as my, my then husband, uh, but I didn't want to have to have a man. I wanted my independence. I wanted to be able to give to my children without taking too much of their childhood. Yeah. And I believe I achieved that. Um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that one, you know. For sure. Um, and it is a male-dominated field, which has what I call the old boys club. Mm. And it's really tough to be, A, uh, lacking any self-esteem self issues, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And then be belittled mm -hmm. by somebody you consider a peer, right? Yeah. It's really tough. I can't tell you how many times I went crying, wanting to give up. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for the support system that I had that said, you're doing it, you're mm -hmm. doing it anyway, yeah. you know, um, I would not have gotten my ticket. Yeah. And I, I know at this point, there are so many women that give up because of that, mm -hmm. you know, Never mind the barriers of having children and household and, 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 and yeah. there are barriers, but those two never feeling good enough and then have somebody confirm that yeah. is, is horrible, horrible. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. The worst thing you can do to somebody. Right. Yeah. And, and we don't do that in the program. So it was a real conflict of my worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did stick to it. I did get through it. Um, we did have, you know, the recession and all sorts of other things. I moved out to the country. And by living in the country and having to clear trees that fell in, in, in the driveway so before you could go to work, yeah. you know, is a really empowering feeling, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the things that you could do in your day-to-day -day job and see it visibly. Like I can drive by buildings here in Calgary and go, I did that one, mm -hmm. I did that one, I did that one. That sense of pride is still there, mm -hmm. right? Or it, it cool. builds, I yeah. guess, would be a better word. The more you do, the more it builds, the better you feel, the more you're able to stand up to those things. Mm -hmm. And let's go back to it, I don't like bullies, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, so I, I, there was a lot of conflict on there because there's a lot of really tough guys in, yeah. in the trades and so forth. But when you earn their respect, they are your biggest supporters, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, I might not have always done it the right way, but uh, I, I did have great experiences. Yeah. You know, I had some pretty shitty ones too, but yeah, the water monster. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, I now, um, you know, having been out in the field and so forth, I actually got the opportunity to teach at SATE. Mm -hmm. Now, how that came about was uh, I was working at a job. The lady that taught the life skills from when my first child was a year old. Yeah. There was a write-up about what she was doing for YWCA. Okay. And there was a trades program for women. Yeah. And I sent her an immediate message and I said, good job. Mm -hmm. Here's, and she's like, what are you doing now? And she knew that I had kind of explored these, the trades, right? Yeah. And she goes, what are you doing now? And I, and I told her that I was a plumber and she said, oh, I need my bathroom done, which is pretty standard. Somebody got a leak or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um. And I, I know she's capable. Mm -hmm. I know she's capable. And I said, well, do you want me to do it for you? 
or do you want me to teach you how? And so we connected and I, I basically told her what, she, what parts she can do and I only got called in for a really small part, mm -hmm. you know, just the, the final connection type of thing, but she had everything else done. And uh, she said, so I'm teaching this program and I think, like right at this point, they were doing carpentry only, Yeah. right? And she goes, I think at this point we're ready to expand. If you were going to do something like that, what would you what would you bring to that, to these women? And I said, well, the first thing I would do is teach them how to shut off the water. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because that is not the first thought when you're panicking. Yeah. Right? Um, a lot of these women have no idea. They've never touched a tool. They don't know how the house works or anything else, right? Uh, you know, you come out of a, a very protected cocoon. Yeah. And now what do I do? And that's something that I, I've always addressed. I would rather give you the, teach you how to fish mm -hmm. than give you the fish for dinner. Yeah. And you know, like I didn't learn that way, so I'm assuming other people didn't learn that way. I didn't grow up with mm -hmm. tools in my, my pocket or anything. Um, so I've always taken that with me. Mm -hmm. And this lady, she, she kind of tricked me. Um, she got, I, I had a week. If I was going to use a week to teach people as much as I could, what would I teach? And I'm assuming that not everybody's going to want to be a plumber, mm -hmm. but what's the basics? What's the basics you can take away and use in your own home? Save yourself hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I, I came up with those kind of little ideas. And then she said, so I've got this bay over here. Why don't you come look at it and tell me how you would set it up so that you could do these things. So I basically did a layout and everything and showed her that and she's like, oh, that's really good, really good. Okay, now teach it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what are yeah. you talking about? Um, terrifying situation, mm -hmm. but again, AFGO, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. I think I've heard it, but I'm not familiar with it. Another fucking growth opportunity, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Pardon my French, but uh, I like it. Another fucking growth opportunity. You're up, and and be saying that all day, right? <laughs> and and I have a friend that teaches me that all the time, and I just uh, it drives me nuts. But I know it's true. Mm -hmm. um, my higher power wants me to help other women, mm -hmm. and I there's no question about that. There's a reason why I struggled. There is a reason why I'm here today, yeah. and I believe it's to help other people. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever that looks like. So we went through that. Um, I made it through that for. I think I did it every six weeks for about two years. Yeah. And um, then I had an accident where I had I, I knocked my brain around a little bit um, and I wasn't functioning. Mm. Uh, you know, like simple stuff. I would put the ice cream in the, fr in the cupboard and yeah. the milk in the oven and just mm -hmm. really stupid stuff and oh, we now stupid. know yeah, we now stupid. know that concussion can do those kind of things yeah it was never tested never diagnosed never mind all the 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 knocks around that that i had in my mm -hmm. addiction or what the drugs actually did to me never mind the alcohol you know i consumed a lot of alcohol so i have a hard time trying to figure out what is what in, in regards to that but it doesn't really matter it's what i do with it yeah right um you know, now going forward, it's all been a blessing. Mm -hmm. I was off work for about a year. Uh, I had no income coming in. 
my children were starting to get up there and so forth. Um, all I did was have faith, mm -hmm. and I had what I needed to pay my rent, to buy my food, to get me where I needed to be, yeah. which was meetings. And um, that happened for about a year. And then the opportunity to go teach at SAIC came up. And so fortunately for me, um, I knew some of the people in there and we had a really good interview and because I have no problem speaking, they were like, yeah. And again, with the technology, they had me bring in a PowerPoint, which has nothing to do with plumbing, but mm -hmm. they had me bring in this PowerPoint, which I figured out how to do by hook and by crook. Um, and then it didn't work. It didn't work. So this is my interview on this PowerPoint, and it didn't work. So what's your next bet? Well, I had kind of thought about that because that is not how I would have taught that class, yeah. right? And I brought my my back uh, my backpack in with some of my tools and my soldering mm -hmm. kit and everything, even my safety glasses, which that was the kicker, mm -hmm. right? Because we're all about safety. Yeah. And so I had had my interviewees put or interviewers put on the glasses, and then I walked them through it mm -hmm. like I would to you or my yeah. kids or whatever, and. I think that's what got me the job, and I'm really good on the fly, mm -hmm. um, and I teach what I would have liked to be taught. Yeah. I teach how I would have liked to be taught, mm -hmm. and I really struggled in school, especially after, um, after that incident with my head, mm -hmm. uh, so it made it easier for me to, to help those that were struggling, yeah. you know, and, and when the light went on, oh my god, that was like... <laughs> you know, for both of us, not just them. And uh, th that was the most gratifying part about it. There were other parts that uh, weren't necessarily as gratifying. Um, and when I was not in class, I did a lot of volunteer work. Mm -hmm. uh, the volunteer work always involved women. Uh, we started a, a coffee club at like 7 in the morning for... Uh, apprentice women that were going through that wanted to come and talk mm -hmm. to us you know how did you do this and how did you do that or what do I do about this um, and that coffee club evolved into a program called women in trades and technology mm -hmm. um, that does mentor we go into high schools junior highs uh, speak at events that type of thing and there's there's a lot of aspects and some of those people have gone out mm -hmm. and created Facebook pages and, and LinkedIn pages and so forth. And they have International Women's Day event at SAIT now. And it, it's evolved into this entity. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And so we actually got our, our photo and, and so forth in the Constructor magazine, mm -hmm. um, you know, in a big write-up. We're in the, the Millennial Ball. You know, that they put in the ground, the time vault. Oh, which, yeah, the, what do they call them? Um, time capsule. That's it. Time That's it. I couldn't think of it. It's a big steel ball that yeah. they have on campus. It's pretty cool. So, That's in 100 cool. years, yeah. you'll still hear my name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right? What's awesome is <laughs> the, the progression. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to take credit, I don't, I don't know if it was us or, or whatever. But we have gone from, I think it was 2% enrollment for women in the mm -hmm. trades, in all the trades, 
uh, to now seven and eight percent. Wow, in, in five years. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's progress. Well, it's right? Gotta, it's got to start there. There's people. There's girls coming in that never knew that they could do these mm -hmm. things. Never knew that they wanted to do those things. Yeah. So. Um, there's a sense of pride, but I also worked with uh, Explore It, which mm -hmm. is grade eight girls okay. uh, coming through. I, I was always there if there was tours or mm -hmm. whatever, it didn't matter. Uh, that's my happy spot, right? Mm -hmm. Given, getting that spark going in kids and mm -hmm. you know, showing them that there is options. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the same in my recovery program. I get to show them how it works. How I got here. You don't have to copy me, but, yeah. you know, it does work. Yeah. Usually I tell people, you don't want to copy me. No. I want to do it better. Do it better, yeah. yeah. Do it better. But what, what, what is McDonald's <laughs> slogan? Uh, oh, we're loving it? No. Uh, uh, ten, 10 billion people can't be wrong? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's ten what billion, I say about 10 billion it. served, right? Yeah. That's what used to say. <laughs> that's right. So it recovers the same way across mm -hmm. the world, right? Ten that's true. You know, they can't be wrong. It works. They can't all be wrong. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I kind of laugh about that, but still That's my funny. passion <laughs> is women. Yeah. Right? And through recovery, I've heard about some of the barriers, the traumas, the, the hows and whys that yeah. we ended up there, yeah. I guess. And my heart goes out to so many of them, um, especially the ones that overcome. But the ones that, there, there's gaps in our system, mm -hmm. incredible gaps in our system. And I see them and I just like, ugh, because they're the bullies, right? Mm -hmm. And I get so upset about it. Um, anyways, recently, like right at the beginning of the year, uh, there was an opportunity for me to volunteer with some people. Now, I've been in my sweatpants, doing renos in my new house uh, for a year now. And I figure, hey, maybe it's time I put some real clothes on and do my hair, maybe see if I could still do makeup, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I got the opportunity to go out for a couple hours a day yeah. and be a part of the world again, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Exactly what I needed because, because I made that first step, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, all these women started coming out of the woodwork mm -hmm. of, of different agencies and different... Um, sectors around the city. So immigration, trafficking, uh, recovery was a small part of that. That's my, my input on this, yeah. but uh, domestic violence and so forth. And one of the things is there is not a compiled list of who's doing what. Mm -hmm. How do you help each other, right? Yeah. So, okay, so this is getting crazy. And I know 10 people and she knows 10 people and she knows 10 people and she knows 10 people. Within minutes we were getting on the phone and helping people you know and it was just evolving 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 and this has all happened since that volunteer experience that this this one my partner uh in uh yyc women warriors um because that's what we are um we we went forward. We knew that we were going to work together. And it, mm -hmm. we didn't know what that looked like. We yep. didn't know how, where, or anything else. Uh, we were approached by this one lady who is looking for a space to do a food bank mm -hmm. uh, for the Somalian community. Yeah. Okay. 
why doesn't she have a space mm -hmm. for such a good cause? And some of the, the things that she's doing are amazing, you know, and we know that these group over here, we know that they do this, but we're not quite sure what that looks like, yeah. right? Uh, oh, but she knows, she knows, and she can give us the input and so forth. So we have spent literally the last week and a uh, two weeks now, um, since that initial conversation, within 10 minutes, we had a business idea. Mm -hmm. We went and registered our name and we started doing, uh, getting all of these people together. Mm -hmm. And one of the ladies that we met, or there's two ladies of the one group called Women on Wings, mm -hmm. uh, started Women, women on wings? Women on wings, okay. yes. And I, you might want to talk to her. Anyway, she comes from... Uh, yeah, oh, she's amazing. Um, the two ladies that we met from there are... come from... I don't want to tell their stories for them, but they come from a similar background. Okay. Uh, in that marginalized field, mm -hmm. right? And they had to survive to feed their kids. And that's one of the drivers, I think, for all of us is we're moms. We want to we want to make sure that our kids have, you know, a do not go without is is what we're doing. So when you look at domestic violence, when you look at uh, marginalized, uh, any kind of marginalized, you know, immigrants, uh, victims of any sort of abuse type of thing, common denominator, single moms. What do we do? Well, we know that we've already got recovery centers or, or centers where they can be safe. And, and those usually try to take steps to get them to independence, mm -hmm. right? And then we go from independence to good luck. Mm -hmm. And they're out the door. Yeah. What's missing then? The aftercare piece, yeah. Yeah, right. And there, there are some. I don't want to knock any no, of them. Of there are some that do have another phase and mm -hmm. so forth. But but for the amount of women in trouble, there's probably not near enough. No, no, no. So here's where we come in, yeah. because each one of us has a piece of that, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in our in our our journey, and we bring those together. Let's face it, I'll talk to anybody in the lineup, right? <laughs> you know, um, we bring those together and we are a power to be reckoned with. Like, it, it's been amazing. We do, we do a, an hour session mm -hmm. and we're moving worlds. So from that initial conversation, uh, we're partnering with Women on Wings. They're, they are a nonprofit at this point and they help women. Yeah. That, that's... That I, I don't know their mandate off by heart, but I, she gave me permission to tell them that. That's pretty fair. Um, yeah, so they help women. Uh, we want to start, a, I'm going to call it a skills training, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's soft skills, job skills, um, job placement. Do you even know what's available to you? Mm -hmm. You know, so it'll also be resources. It'll be overcoming the barriers. It'll be... Um, so many things, and we, we want to keep our partners and our resources close. Mm -hmm. So, A, that we can help them out because, you know, probably not a whole lot of funding going through there. And we can become an all-encompassing uh, training facility, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
there's there's other opportunities that people are throwing in my path too and we have to focus mm -hmm. create success and go forward and then grow mm -hmm. right yeah one um, step at a time right, right exactly yeah. and i mean we, we know that from the program and so forth. And I, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I have all these amazing ideas and I can't sleep anymore, but I have to rein it in. You know, I have to make sure that this is attainable, first of all, right? We, we, uh, we have found this facility, it's over 16,000 square feet. Wow. Yeah, and, and there's so many empty buildings and facilities here in the city right now. We want to make sure that it's accessible. We want to make sure that it has all of these things. One of the key components is we want to make sure that you can bring your children, mm. right? Because that is a barrier. You can't yeah, afford childcare child um, yeah. and so forth. Maybe they can't afford food. So we partner with somebody who's actually doing food, mm -hmm. can teach you doing food, can teach you the nutrition part of it. Yeah. and teach you to feed your children mm -hmm. you know it'd be great to throw a greenhouse in there wouldn't it yep right because sure playing in dirt is is cathartic um and you get to grow stuff right and and find out its uses and its mm -hmm. nutritional values and so forth like i got so many ideas it's just crazy <laughs> yeah but right? once you once, once you unlock that part of yourself where your ideas are stored yeah they don't stop coming no and and that's what the last two weeks has been like yeah. And even though I'm only getting four hours of sleep type of thing, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on fire. Mm -hmm. And I think for the first time in a long time, um, since this whole COVID thing started, yeah. maybe even longer than that, um, you know, like the layoff at SAIT and, and stuff like that, mm -hmm. the threat of it was there long before. Yeah, you know? it's always kind of there. Right, right? and I was terrified because I had just bought a house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've been here before. Mm -hmm. And my higher power takes care of me as long as I'm putting the next foot in front mm -hmm. of them. So yep. that's the kind of thing that's, that's been going on and I'm super excited. So, um, you know, I don't know if uh, perhaps you need a facility. We always, <laughs> need, we always <laughs> need facilities. Yeah. Right? So bringing, bringing in a, a, a space for people that aren't necessarily using an office mm -hmm. full-time, yep. you know, one day a week or one morning a week or whatever, making that space available for minimal mm -hmm. charge yep. rather than the huge charge that, that we have. And I don't know if you've ever set up a, an actual NA meeting, but um, for me, the I've been a part of the service committee. Mm -hmm. I've been a part of the business end of it and so forth. And... They're looking, they need the storage, they need the, the meeting places for those kind of things. And it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle because we, we do get that uh, stigma attached. Well, I don't want a bunch of drug addicts and we you know. And, and churches have their restrictions. Yes. Uh, bless their heart, they've been very accommodating to us in a lot of ways around the mm -hmm. city and, and some more than others. But uh, we want to find our own facility yeah. to to bring all of these things in, yeah. tie them together. Because with the trauma that some of these girls face, mm -hmm. we're going to go into addiction yeah, of, of some sort, right? Of course. 95% uh, of them. Anyway, yeah. you know. I mean, it's such a high percentage. It is. It really is. So, you know, we might not be able to catch them right at the trauma, mm -hmm. but we can help lift them up here. Yeah. We can empower them. 
uh, we can give them the skills that they need to succeed and grow beyond their wildest dreams, just like I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. That's impressive. Isn't it? That? Yeah, that's really I'm cool. excited. <laughs> that's really exciting. So you're, the group that is that you're talking about is called YYC Women Warriors. Right. Right. That's my partner and I. Okay. Um, you know, like, we're movers and shakers, yep. and then we met the Women on Wings ladies. Women on Wings, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they have their own stories, too, but it, mm -hmm. it jives with the recovery world. Um, but, yeah, they, they, uh, we found the need. Mm -hmm. We're going trying to fill the need as best as possible right off the hop. Yep. We expect to be up and rolling in the next three to six months. Right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. And, uh, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of sleep. <laughs> no, and you know what? That's the way it is when you start something. Mm -hmm. Especially when you start something cool that you really like, right? Yeah. Because like, you don't want to not do it. You want it to be good and you want to put all your love into it, right? And Absolutely. Fine, so, yeah. You know, like your podcast, your, this is the same as sharing step 12, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I know for you must be getting something out of this. The oh, warm, I get lots out of this. Warm so, belly feeling. Of you course. Know? Yeah. We also want to showcase women that are doing these things here mm -hmm. in the city out of pure passion, Yeah. right? Um, you know, and... Maybe it's not just that. Maybe there are people that don't know what we're doing that can help. Yeah. You know, so. That have more to offer, too. Right? More to offer, yeah. and how do I help? Where do I volunteer? That mm -hmm. type of thing. Uh, because one of the key components is giving back. Yeah. Right? I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but it helps me more giving back than mm -hmm. it did receiving. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. one of the found, it's like part of my foundation. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. without it, I'm not here. I'm yeah. Like, so that, that's our initial start is the podcast. And thank you, Darcy, for filling me in on, on what I need on that. Um, and and we're, we're just plowing forward, um, trying to get all of the ducks in a row. Yep. And it will really depend on which facility we end up with that will tell us what we can teach at this facility. Yep, fair enough. Right? Um, key component, we must have childcare and a kitchen. Mm -hmm. Uh, we must have space. We must have safe space, yeah. you know, um, and who fits into that program is, yeah. is where we're at today. That's awesome. We've yeah. got three to six months to make sure you're ready. I'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you will be. Yeah. <laughs> I have no um, you know, and, and one of the things that is very important that is utmost in my mind, and this is where the brainstorming sessions comes in, is coming from trauma, they have to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Right. Number one, um, they have to feel safe. So anybody who does volunteer will have to have a vulnerable sector check because we've got children around. Right. Um, so anybody that's invited into the said building will also have to have like ideas and or if it's not possible to do that vulnerable sector check, mm -hmm. such as an anonymous meeting, um, there will be. I don't want to say segregated, but um, there will be a barrier between, yeah. you know, so a safe that, barrier. That person's not alone with anyone. Well, could be vulnerable. what I see it, and I, I had the chat this morning, what I see it is, we'll use this building during the week, you mm -hmm. guys use it on the weekend. Yeah, that works. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, then we don't have to deal with that, mm -hmm. 
you know, we want to make this as safe as possible. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming in. Oh, well, it, thank any... you for asking me. Of course, yeah. Well, I've known, I've known you for a long time. And, yeah. And the funny thing is, is that before we started, before Darcy got here, we were talking about, I couldn't, I can't believe how long it's been since a certain person's funeral. Like that, like yeah. it's stuck in my head as we talked about it. I'm just like, there's no way it's been that long, but it has yeah. been that long. Yeah. God, and you've been through a lot, my friend. I have been through a lot, um, and and uh, I have no regrets. Yeah. You know, and I know I was not put on this path for no reason mm -hmm. to sit and wallow. Yeah. You know, so. I like to... You've only got lots of time and reasons to wallow. I've got time for wallowing, <laughs> if you yeah. Wanted. But, uh, you know, like, I believe that, that everything for a reason and my, my higher power has been calling me to help people, yeah. you know, and I just choose it to be women because I can relate better. Yeah, you, you know? got to do what you feel in your heart, right? Well, it's an honor to the people that have gone before me, mm -hmm. you know. The honor to the people that did not make it in recovery. Yeah. You know, that empty chair that sits there. Mm -hmm. That. I hear that. That. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say, when you ask if there's something I get out of this, that's what I get out of it. Right. That's one of the things, right? Yeah. Is that ability to um, give back without directly doing anything, right? Like yeah. sharing your story helps me give back too. Right? right. Because not only do I share your story, but I learn from it too, right? Because it's I a bigger audience. Yeah. Right? Like, the, that's where we're at. I can sit in a room and I can share some of this, little bits mm -hmm. and pieces. Yeah. But somebody who really needs to hear that next piece wasn't there. Yeah, because they, they don't go to the rooms or that's whatever. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly where, why we started this one. Yeah. It's for the people who may not make it to the rooms. Right? And, and let's face it, this COVID has been a huge barrier. God, yeah. Want what my take out of this? Sure. Okay, so... Um, up until that point, I'd only dabbled in Zoom and, yeah. and media choices. Anyway, so I wasn't going to meetings, um, and, and it only takes a couple weeks before I start to get itchy bitchy and twitchy. Yeah. Um, but I started going to the rooms as a travel destination. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll punch in. I think I want to hear an Australian accent today. Mm -hmm. Type it in. Okay, there's a meeting started. It's a noon meeting, but it's only 7 o'clock here. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear the business guys, right? Um, I'll go to Australia for after dinner, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or I'll go to Hawaii yeah. at lunchtime. Isn't that cool? It's my travel destination. That's far out. Have you been to meetings in other countries? Yeah. It's cool. It is awesome. It the is. The fact that you can do it on Zoom now is incredible. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I used to yeah. look forward to it. It was one of my first stops after mm -hmm. I got off the plane anywhere yeah. that I went. Well, one of my favorite meetings is not in town. It's in Victoria. Like, yeah. One, one of my favorite meetings is there because my one of my close friends before she died from alcoholism, mm -hmm. she lived there. And so we would go, every time I go visit her, we'd go to this meeting. Oh, fabulous. Just such, I love going out of town. Right. Because we always have a home to go to. Road right? trip. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Speaking of, and before I forget, candlelight service. Or candlelight meeting. There's every Saturday up in Canmore at 8 p.m. in the church. It's like, I think it's the United Church. Okay. Right across from that pub, the Bear Pub or whatever it is. Bear, the Bear Pub? Pub? Yeah, that yeah. One. Right across the street from there, every Saturday at 8 p.m., there's a candlelight meeting. Oh, that's a good road trip. Yeah. I could go early and shop. <laughs> <laughs>
You absolutely could. <laughs> there are still some addictions. <laughs> you gotta buy stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, one of the one of the things that I would like to uh, stress to women in the program mm -hmm. too, um, I started attending a, a women's meeting specifically once a week. Mm -hmm. We get so close to the heart mm -hmm, I bet. when we share. Yeah. And it, and it's it's not the whining, it's not the bitching and everything. It's close to the heart. Our issues, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure with men's meetings, it's the same thing. I, I, I won't assume it is, because I've been in a couple of men's meetings and they were not as productive as what you're describing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that's not to speak for all men's meetings. Right. I have not been for a few years. Yeah. But I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that men take for granted. Oh, yeah. That we assume is okay with women, that they can do it too in front of us, but we are wrong, right? And so We're learning that, yeah. the bias. Yeah. We yes. Have, we have such such bias against because we compare you with us yeah right? and the freedoms we're given and that's completely different right the, the freedoms one, of emotional expression one of the interesting conversations that we've had this week is not only do we have bias against gender mm -hmm. but we also have bias against color yeah right for sure and as a white person i don't know what those are nope. that a, another person with a different color has I don't know what kind of barriers they face mm -hmm. until I talk to them. That's right. Right? So uh, with the International Women's Day, that's something that they addressed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was disabled, yep. um, colored, yep. and um, let me see, what else? It could be sexual too. Could be a gender identity. Yeah. Sexual um, identity. You know, like it, there was a lot of mm -hmm. information that was put forward that really made me think. Yeah. Of, of how privileged I am mm -hmm. that I never eat, that I took for granted. Oh yeah, you know, here, for sure. You know, like uh, even like I'm a short person and I know when things are up above my head and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but what if I, I was lower? Yeah. Like what does that look like, you know? Um, I take for granted that I can go hunting on mm -hmm. the weekends type of thing, but if I was somebody else, would I have a? Would I be able to even carry my rifle case to my mm -hmm. car? Yeah, would you feel would, safe doing it? Would you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 And and I actually had an incident right by my house a couple uh, two weeks ago, mm -hmm. where the SWAT team was out, and they had guns drawn and everything mm -hmm. on this guy who was no bigger than me. Yeah. But his skin color was different. A SWAT team. I'm like, seriously, buddies? Like, there's six of you, mm -hmm. you know? And I guess it's all clicking for me. Mm -hmm. And and I'm I'm grateful that I'm able to see that today. Yeah. I don't have to walk around as my typical redneck, well, you know? And same here, just typical ignorance, right? Of not and and that's what to, it is, yeah. right? You know, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. And, and that was how I got into the program. Yeah. And that's how I continue to learn today. Yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a four by four. <laughs> <laughs> well, it takes what it takes, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the, the, the wonderful thing about it all is, is that you recognize it, right? And yeah. Like we're, we're able to say, because I'm able to say that about women, right? Is that I have no idea. Like I have no idea what, what occurs to me as I get older and learn more and more from other, from women. Yeah. Um, is that I have no idea. <laughs> That's what I start to understand because I am not a woman. Yeah. I have never been 
ignored like women are ignored. I've never been, and I, I was abused as a kid and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but when I was a teenager, I didn't have my bosses touching me. Yeah. Right? I didn't yeah. have I didn't have the boss where I worked at a store when I was 15 or whatever. Yeah. He didn't sexually harass me. Yeah. But he did to the some of the girls mm -hmm. as well as the fact that I now know lots of girls who have been through this and all I can't remember what the percentage was, but almost statistics are staggering. They're staggering as to the by the time a, a, a lady reaches the age of what is it? I think it's by the time she's out of university. Out of university? Like three out of four. Three out of four, that's yeah, right. Something gone. like that, right? It's three gone. out of four have been touched or harassed or inappropriately. Abused inappropriately yeah. Right? And that's not the same for guys. And so, how could I possibly understand that? Right. Well, and so, but it's just nice to know that we can learn, right? And that, because we don't know, we don't know. Yeah. You know? See, I've always fought against the gender thing, mm -hmm. um, but something that was brought to my attention yesterday. Um, even being a blonde yeah. puts me in a whole different ballgame. Yeah, you, know? you have another added element to exactly. what people can say or think So of I think of that and I think of what other people face on that, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, people walk down the street and, well, like, yeah. wouldn't even look twice at me at midnight, mm -hmm. but they will run in fear from somebody else, yeah. you know? And, I, I just can't imagine living like that. Yeah. You know? It's it's strange what the brain does to us, yeah. right? Like what our brain does with limited information. Yeah. And, you know, it says you gotta watch out for that person but not that person. Right. Like it's just so strange. I mean I'm I'm not a doctor, so Yeah. I, I find it probably as interesting as you do because it's it's like a gradual understanding that our brain does things without our knowledge. Yeah. Right? It it has the bias. Absolutely. Right? Set Whether up. we're aware of it or not, it's yeah. there. Right? And I, I think, though, once we do become aware of it, mm -hmm. it is our responsibility 100%. to correct as much of it as we can. Yeah. Right? And, and I believe that's the, the shift that the, the earth, if we can take nothing from this COVID, mm -hmm. I hope it's that. Yeah. Right? You now have the knowledge. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. And we all know that we can work at home. Yep. So what does that look like? Mm -hmm. How are you going to change it? Yeah. What are you going to do? And, and um, yeah, I, I thank you for understanding that. Yeah, no, but thank you. Thank yeah. you for your time. And I, I won't keep you. I know you have a place to go um, at some point. So yeah. thank you so much, Charlie.